Thanks for coming. Hey, I got to go through a few things because I promised myself I would do this every week, okay? Listen, this church is after two things this year, okay? It's after one of the things, one of the things we're going after. You've heard me say this every week. I'm going to keep saying it. We're going, we're going, we're, we're going, at, we're building a church that is attracting the presence of God, okay? Sometimes I'll say it like this. I want to be a church that's better attracting God than people. I'm serious about that. I love you guys. But I, I want God before you. You know, I just heard someone do this. I'm going to do it real quick. Is there an empty seat next to you? Put a hand on that seat right now. Just, you got a few people. You got you to reach out over there, you guys. There's a lot of seats over there. Put your hand in these seats. I want you to pray over this seat. Say, Lord, fill this seat with someone that doesn't know you. Bring them, Lord. Bring the lost in this seat right here. Now prophesy the name of the person. I'm just kidding. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So that's one thing. The other thing is there's going to be a harvest. Amen. I don't know if it's a billion or a million. I don't care. But there's a harvest coming. And I want to be a part of it. I don't want it to happen without us. So here's what I, I'm doing this every week. If you're new, just get on board. All right. How many of you guys this week told somebody that Jesus loves them or you prayed for them? Raise your hand. Raise it high. Come on. Raise it. Raise it high. Cool, cool, cool. Steve, what happened? And what did she say? Amen. I love that. It doesn't have to be big. Christian, what happened? Come on. Okay. Come on, you guys. It's not about, it's not, amen. Come on. Let's celebrate that. Two quick testimonies, real quick. One of them. I was at the drive-thru. Micah told me a testimony years ago, and it stuck with me, and it caused this testimony to happen. So it's going to happen to you too. I was praying the other day. I said, Lord, I want to go beyond the, does, did you, does anybody today told you that Jesus loves you? I want to go the next step, God. And so he goes, well, say this and this. And said, okay, I'll do that. And then I was, I was at the drive-thru, Jack in the Box, and I was at the drive-thru going there, and, and I have been there in 10 years. And I'm, I'm driving through, and the dude at the counter is like, he's like, give me my food. And I just, I... I was on the phone with my buddy, actually, Chris Kildosha, if you know him. And we're just chatting. And so this guy's right there. I said, hey, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? And he goes, chuckles. He goes, no, not today. This 19-year-old kid is great. And then I was like, bro, it's true. He's got a plan for your life. And then I did the next part that God reminded me that Mike actually did. Year, he told me about years ago. And I said, bro, are you following Jesus? Do you know him? And he looks at me and goes, no, 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 I don't, no. And I said, why not? Get this. He goes, well, um, well, well, actually, man, I was, I mean, I remember I was in youth group one time at this youth camp. And I remember, I remember feeling his presence. I, feel, I, remember, I remember feeling him. I don't know how he said it. I remember feeling him that night. And I guess, I guess it just kind of drifted away. Isn't that amazing? I just want to like, I was like, oh, buddy, come here, give you a hug. But I was just like, I was like, bro. And then so I just got to speak into that, and there's like three cars behind me. So <laughs> Jack in the Box moves them. So, <laughs> so that happened. And anyway, I won't tell the other one because I want to save time. But it, just don't stop, you guys. Don't stop. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say, has anybody told you today that Jesus loves you? Tell it to him right now. I'm serious. I'm serious. Everybody, tell him. 
Listen, this is every week. If you don't know it, we're doing this every week now. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Turn to the other person and say, how can I pray for you today? God's going to show up in your life. Tell them that. Tell them that right now. You don't have to do it. All right, all right, well done. Great, great job. You guys, listen. This is, you already want to. You are, who here does not want to change someone's life with the love of Jesus? You already want to. The only thing is, we get in those moments and we don't know what to say. But I promise you, if we do this a thousand times, it'll be without thinking. And you'll just get happy. You know how happy you get when you see stuff. Anyway, okay, so that's all I got. Um, um, anything else I gotta do before I get up? I want to give you lots of time. Um, those two things: it would be a church that attracts the presence of Jesus, and the harvest. You guys, we have to bring in people. We have to. Be, we have to be a part of this. A church that does not see people saved is just this weird, like, bless me club that just becomes like this. This thing that doesn't have the life. We need life coming in, and we need life going out. Does that make sense? All right. You already want to. I'm not trying to guilt anybody into this. Your hearts are beautiful. All right. That's a good announcement. <laughs> I'm such a mess up here. Tomorrow, tomorrow we're starting a fast. Do we have a, oh, we do. Yes, starts tomorrow. Honestly, you guys, there's churches all over the world doing this. The whole Vineyard Church in the UK are doing it. All sort like the, the, the Four Square Church is doing it. Um, yeah, anyway, so we're going to start tomorrow. So eat up tonight. Just kidding. Um, and so uh, the purpose is to pray and seek wisdom for this year over your life and over the church and the region. So first for you, I want you to get vision. And this will happen. You will get, God will answer your prayer. I have, I have created with my, well, yeah, with uh, Joan and I, we created a, um, <laughs> she helped. We created um, a, um, a, a sheet, and because Levi was here and we had a lot to do today, I forgot to put a copy for everyone. But I'm going to email it out to everybody on the email list. It'll be a text stream on the text list. You don't forget our text message, get them. And then um, also, um, I'll bring copies next week. But there's a, there's a prayer focus for every day of the 21 days. You say, wow, how administrative of you, Jesse. And I said, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, um, so that's happening tomorrow. Um, if you need some ideas of what to fast, um, fast um, all food and just do a water fast. Um, you did it. And let's go. Um, you could fast... Um, you could do, uh, don't, don't just do food and not water, though. That's actually not a good idea. Um, to, <laughs> you can fast, um, don't eat any meat. You can fast, no, you can do no sugar. You can do just one meal a day. A really common one is you just do one meal a day, and then you don't eat anything else. You just do, you pick a meal, dinner or something like that. You can do, um, you can do just, you know, liquid fast. We just do smoothies. You can just do soups. Um, but don't just blend up steaks. That's weird. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. I don't laugh at me. Some of you have done it. All right. And so, so pick a fast, pick something, and, um, and run with it, okay? I remember Lou Engel said one time, I've broken more fast than you'll ever start. <laughs> and that encouraged me. <laughs> so if you break the fast some way through it, start again. Just jump back in. Don't eject, okay? It's not about religion. It's about your heart leaning in. And by the way, don't fast and not pray. It's just weird. 
it's just weird. You're, you're doing all the sacrifice without getting the glory for it. Like just fast and pray, set time aside. And if, um, and if you can't fast food, fast media, fast something that you know would, would, you'd miss. Yeah? All right. I'm all done. Um, yep, I'm all done. I'm at, the, at the end, I'm going to do an offering. Um, most of you guys all give by the app anyway. I get like, there's like $4 bills by the end of the week and, or month on that one. Um, but So just by the app, we have a, we have an, a pull down option that says guest speaker. Say guest speaker. I'm going to have Brian, or I'm sorry, just throw up the giving app near the end. And there's a, there's a QR. There's all sorts of ways to, to be able to give. But I want to encourage you, when, um, if you're blessed by the, by the ministry today, by my amazing man of God, my, my friend um, Levi, I want you to give. Be generous. <laughs> Dude, worship messed me up. I don't know about you guys. This isn't easy. All right. Amen. All right. Can we just stand real quick? Just stand up for my friend. He's, he's, he's doing amazing things. He's been here before. This is Levi. Levi and I went to school together up at Bethel. And then we interned for Steve Backlund. And um, since then, Levi has literally been all over the world. One thing I love about Levi is the stories he tells, the joy he carries. And he is, has this, like, per, just this, this like, non-unstoppable ability to keep pursuing hope and joy. Um, and he's just an amazing leader. And so every time I get around him, I feel like I, I feel like I, the testimonies and the revelation that he has, I begin to walk in it. So I encourage you guys, begin to just listen and, and just have faith that it's going to happen to you. Amen? All right. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I brought my wife up here. So... We're going to hold on. Can we grab that mic from you, Jesse? So, um, good to see you guys again. I was here almost exactly a year ago, actually. It was the day that they celebrated you guys in the finalized adoption. That was so beautiful. I, can't, I think it was like January 20th or something like that. Um, so, it's so good to be back at Presence OC and my family has doubled in size literally since since then so this is my wife Shanna I'm just gonna have her um say hi and I'm gonna have the team when you guys as you guys as she begins to share you guys can come up and join us as well I brought also two third years can give it up for these guys and um I I actually asked uh Shanna and and the team just to introduce themselves and and to release something um so I don't know what that is but I know it's gonna be good so I'll let you out, sweetie. There it is. Oh, it is on. Okay. Well, so good to be here. Um, Levi said, as he said, my name's Shanna. Um, we just got married in May, so we are newlyweds. And um, it's a lot to celebrate. We both um, got married a little bit later. We're both in our 30s. He's at the tail end of his <laughs> 30s. I'm in my beginning of my 30s, but um, it's just some, you know, huge victory, you know, to celebrate, mm -hmm. to celebrate marriage. Um, so anyway, it's my first time with you guys, and this is such a beautiful congregation, and I just want to honor Jesse and Jessica, and you guys just pour out so much, and mm -hmm. you really desire the, the presence of God, and it's very, well, your, your church is called Presence 
So it's very evident that he is here. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful church. And I was so blessed um, this evening with the worship. And um, when, I, when we were driving here, I felt like the Lord gave me a word for, for you guys and your family. And uh, you stand up. Yeah, Andrew. just stand. I never, I, I always ask the Lord leading up to a trip, like, God, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I get nothing until like the moment before. And then I'm like, all right, way to come in and give me something because I had nothing. And, uh, but yeah, as we were driving here, I was like, God, it would be really nice if you gave me a word because I don't know, I got nothing. But anyway, um, I heard the term uh, adventures and missions. And I don't know if you guys have a heart for missions or supporting missionaries or if you have a background in missions, but I just felt like the, that the Lord wanted to take you on an adventure, take your whole family on an adventure, um, maybe for like a short-term missions trip. And I feel like uh, you're going to gain something that's going to like completely shatter your heart in the best way possible. Like you already host the present so well, but I feel like he wants to do something in the realm of compassion and empathy um, that he's going to just download and just do in your hearts um, if you take a trip and go on an adventure with him. I feel like it's it's going to release into your whole church and everyone's going to benefit. It's going to break something open in your church and there's going to, I feel like there's even going to be a mercy ministry. I don't know if you guys already do like a mercy ministry in your church, but um, just some something compassionate that's going to reach the uh, reach the community and um we were talking today, there's a bunch of leaders that, that met together, and uh, one of the questions that came up, because uh, we were all given a question to answer, and one of them that came up was, uh, what's the best compliment that you've ever received? And uh, I think that was Frank's question. And I was thinking to myself, if I had to answer that for myself, it would be, um, it would be to... Um, be told that I'm that I remind someone of somebody that like I admire, you know, whether it's you know this preacher, that minister, somebody influential, and like that would just bless me. But I felt like you guys are gonna carry like a similar kind of spirit of like Heidi Baker, like the missions and the compassion and and all of that, just hosting the presence. And there's just something on that, and uh, that's a high compliment. <laughs> that's why I brought that up. Such a high compliment. Um, and so I just bless you guys. You're, you're such amazing people, amazing hosts. And yeah, I'm just, I'm very grateful to know you. Amen. Just stretch yeah. your hands out to these pastors. Aren't you thankful for Jesse and Jessica? Yes. They're my friends, so I might be a little biased, but I think they're the best. I, I just want to just say you're so blessed to have leaders like this. And Father, we just, we bless God what you're doing in the Skinner family. God, we... I just want to recognize that you're doing something holy in this family. Yes. We, we all are aware of it. We've seen it even over these past few months and this past year. You're doing something that's so holy. And we just, we bless what you're doing. We just pour gasoline on the fire. Yes. And I just pray even today, God, for an increase. Lord yes. Jesus, I pray for acceleration and increase over what you're pouring out over this family in the name of Jesus and over and and you know what the cool thing is as you pray for your leaders this whole church is just going to be even more blessed amen so thank you for what you're going to bless this church with through them amen thank you so much
Well, good afternoon. My name is Frank. Uh, I'm from the Netherlands originally. Um, yay. <laughs> Thank you. I've supported. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> so I'm doing third year of BSSM at the moment. So I have the honor to serve Levi this year. And um, yeah, he asked me to share something uh, with you guys. And I just asked God, like, what do you want me to share? So he put uh, a Bible verse on my heart, which is out of Acts 2. Uh, verse 42, uh, which is called the fellowship of, fellowship of the believers. Uh, so I just want to share that with you. Um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Thank you, Jesus. So I just want to release it over you. Like I've never been here before, but the moment I walked in, I, I was completely unaware that the name of your church is Presence. So I just really felt like like the whole room, but even the, the ground is just saturated with, you know, your faithfulness of like prayer and worship. And I just felt like this is like a well, like a supernatural well coming in here where all the, the supernatural blessings and abundance of God is just available to everybody that is in a part of this church and this community, but also everybody that visits here. So I just want to release that over you guys. And I just feel God rejoicing over your faithfulness as a community to just keep pushing in, to, to keep worshiping Him and praying uh, in unity. So that's it. Amen. <laughs> beautiful. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Patty. I'm from actually from Illinois. And I did first and second year online with Bethel. And um, this year I'm in person with Levi. And it's been such a blessing. And I, uh, the word that I got for you today, you're going to laugh, but it was pizza, it was a great movie, it was a spectacular vacation or adventure. And the reason the Lord gave me those things were because whenever you go and experience one of those things, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to share it with someone else. And I just felt like, and I did not know what you were going to say, but the Lord gave me the word invitation to, for the church as a whole, like when you experience something that you love and that you enjoy so much, it's time to share that with other people. And so that's why I feel like the church this year is all about invitation. Mm. And as I was thinking about that, I looked over at this mission here, lead others into a genuine relationship with Jesus that reflects his love in the places where they live, work, and play. Amen. And that's what the Lord's calling all of us to do. And I, when I say those words, it's not just for you, it's for me as well. It's a challenge to take a risk and step out in faith and share your faith. Share your church. You have the most humble, beautiful couple leading this church. When you walked into their home today, you could feel the presence of God. They are so humble and so kind, and they are going after the Lord. Amen. It is evident in their family, in their home, and in just listening with them today. And so I just want to say that um, I really encourage you to just take a risk. Risk, faith equals risk. And so I just really challenge you in that today. And the other word that he gave me today was Romans 12, 2. 
and this is pertaining to what Levi's going to share with you today. Um, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform mm. you into a new person by changing the way you think. Amen. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen. And the word that Levi's going to bring to you today is just one step in that tra transformation process. Amen. And so I just bless his word. Thank you so much. Yeah, give it up for the team. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wow, that was powerful. I feel like we could all just go home now. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, uh, okay, cool. Um, wow, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God's here. <laughs> it's a, it's what a fitting name, Presence OC, because the presence is in OC. Amen. And... Uh, I just, I have a message for you, and the title of my message, I've been kind of debating, like, as I was even sitting there, I was like, I was tweaking it a little bit, and my title of this message is Jesus is winning, even when it looks like he's not winning. And you know what? If Jesus is winning, that means you're winning. As long as you're on Team Jesus. Is everybody on Team Jesus today? <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you brought a neighbor or somebody that's uh, on their way to Team Jesus. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you're not on Team Jesus, then I want to, I have, uh, I hate to break it to you, but you're losing. <laughs> I don't care what your bank account looks like. I don't care what your life looks like. But if you're not on time, Team Jesus, you are losing. And, but... If you're, if you're in, which I think everybody is in here today, if you're not, we'll talk about that later, you're winning. So just say, I'm winning. I'm winning. And I'm going to show you in scripture that you're winning. 2 Corinthians 2.14, this is one of my favorites. I love this one. You can remember it. I would encourage you to commit this to memory. You can remember the, the, the address because it's Valentine's Day. February 14, 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be to God who always, say always, always, leads us in triumph in Christ. What does that sound like? It sounds like, it sounds like always winning, right? That's good news. So there you go, my, my, my title's biblical. He always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests, manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. Just say every place. every place. I think we could say this. Everywhere I go, say everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. Every, day, every day. Every moment. Every moment. People, encounter Jesus. people encounter Jesus. That's the truth. That's the truth. As you begin to believe that truth, you will see that manifest in your life. I really uh, think we're going to start seeing more shadow healings, more glory handshakes where you just it just leaks out of you it's it's not it's not even what you're doing it's what you're believing it's what you're carrying everywhere you go that's a good one just to, to commit to memory and meditate on um you know even when it looks like Jesus isn't winning he's winning sometimes especially when it looks like he's not winning <laughs> you know it says in it says in uh in 1 Corinthians, it talks about the wisdom of this world, and it compares it to the wisdom of God. And it's saying, like, the wisdom of God 
is, it's like foolishness to this world. And it talks about the cross. And it's saying, it says in there, it says that none of the rulers of, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in, in verse 8, it says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. It's talking about the wisdom of God. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil made a big mistake taking Jesus to the cross. The devil thought he was winning, but that was the ultimate victory, wasn't it? That was the ultimate victory. So I want to just say this. Sometimes, especially when it looks like you're not winning, you're winning. That's something to get excited about. When we face things in life that are incongruent with the promises of God, we have a choice to make. It's the same choice that Jesus made when he heard the news of his cousin. His own cousin, John the Baptist, was beheaded. And he was, well, actually, he wasn't yet. Sorry. He was in prison. He was in prison, wasn't beheaded yet. But they came to him and said, are you really the one? Are you really the one? And remember Jesus' job description. What is it? He's coming to, you know, do all this stuff. And what it, one of them, the things he's supposed to do is he's supposed to set the captives free. Hello? Come on, Jesus. You're, the, you're, you're here to set the captives free. His own cousin is in prison. He's a captive. That's, that's Jesus' job description. He was living in something that was incongruent with the promises of God, with even his mandate as the Messiah, he says, I will only do what I see the Father doing. And, and, and uh, he is, has to walk through that. There, we don't know, we have a lot of details about what that looked like, but there, you can read between the lines in Scripture. It was, a, it was an intense moment, Lord, and, and something that he had to, to navigate through. But there's something about those kind of moments when we just turn to him and say yes. And we worship him despite our understanding being kind of messed with. And despite the incongruency, there's something about that. We're especially winning when we can do that. Because I want to tell you, you know, the devil is a tormentor. But you know what? You're a tormentor. You are made to actually, God is calling you to torment the tormentor. And I, I just believe there's faith being released because there's, there's situations in this room that are incongruent with the promises of God. Hello. We're all, we're all on planet Earth. I don't know. I haven't met somebody yet that's kind of fully lined up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there's something about worshiping God in the middle of of pain, in the middle of confusion, of coming and, and finding that place with him where it's like, God, I don't understand it, but you're good. God, I don't, I don't get it. You say in your word this, and I'm going to keep believing it, but you know what? You're good, and I'm going to worship you right in the middle of this challenge. It is tormenting to the devil. It torments him, and it, that is our privilege as as believers and as followers of the faith. This is called the faith. Isn't that good news? The tormented are becoming the tormentors. If you've been tormented, I've got good news for you. 
The Lord is calling you to be a tormentor. (laughs) And there is nothing more tormenting to the devil than worship. When you worship it, especially when it doesn't make sense. That's something that we have a privilege here on this side of eternity that we'll never have in heaven. When we get to heaven, we won't have that privilege. Does that make sense? That's a good, that's a, something you can take home. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. There's a footnote there. This is the New American Standard. It says, or by appearance. The, NL, the NLT says, for we live by believing and not by seeing. I was praying, uh, Shannon and I were praying just a couple nights ago, we were praying about this time. We've been carrying you in our hearts, by the way, just the whole team, we've been just meditating. God, what do you want to do at Presence OC? And I just got this word, it dropped in my heart a couple nights ago as we were praying, and it's from 1 Kings 19.9, and it just, it's, 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 this is what I'm talking about today. Even when it looks like we're losing, we're winning. It's the story of Elisha. Sorry. Let me actually fast forward. I I got that wrong. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. I got ahead of myself. It's 2 Kings chapter 6. This is the story of Elisha and his attendant. And Elisha, um, I'm just going to kind of explain this story a little bit. It's the king of Aram. And he's at war with Israel. And he, he starts to get annoyed because Elisha is basically giving uh, the, the, uh, the king of Israel, he's giving him intel about everything king, the king of Aram's doing. He's like, by the way, they're going to send their troops over here. You better move over here. And he's giving them all this intel. And the king of Aram gets really frustrated. He's like, what is going on? And he says, where's the traitor at? He's like, he, he, he gets his council together and he's like, somebody is sharing our secrets. And, the, and his advisors tell him, like, listen, Elisha knows what you are saying in your private chambers. He can hear every word, and he's, he's the, the root of this problem. He's spy, but he wasn't even in the room. He was a prophet. That's pretty cool. So he, the king of Aram gets really frustrated, and he sends a whole army to take Elisha out. He's like, I'm going to take this guy out. He's messing everything up. So he comes and he surrounds them. He, he comes and surrounds Elisha. It's just Elisha and his attendant. And the, these armies surround uh, them. And um, Elisha's attendant, he's, he, uh, it says, this is uh, verse 15. It says, when the servant of the man of the God, when the servant of the man of God, this is Elisha's attendant, got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. What will we do now? It says, he crushed And Elisha responds, he says, Don't, do not be afraid. For there are more on our side than on their side. Even... When it looks like you're losing, you're winning in Christ. I don't care what your situation is. If you're in Jesus Christ, you're winning. You're winning. There's more on your side than, than on their side. And then Elisha prayed. He said, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. 
the Lord opened the, the, eye, the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Those are like my kind of chariots. Chariots of fire. And, um, you know, uh, I, I heard you guys are starting a fast tomorrow, and I, I want... We're just thinking of some testimonies to share with you guys. And um, so, many, so many of the breakthroughs that I've experienced in my life, they, they happened simply because I wouldn't quit. And you know what? It didn't look like anything was happening. But I just thought, this is what God's word said. It doesn't look like it's working, but it must work. So I'm just going to keep trying, <laughs> Right? And I remember it was sometime, it was either the spring of 2008 or 2009. It was before I came to BSSM. We did BSSM first year in 2010, uh, Jesse and I. And it was, it was either a year or two before that. It was the spring. I remember that. I was uh, living uh, behind my parents' house in an apartment. And I just finished college. And I was desperate for the power of God. I was like, God, I've got to have your power in my life. And I'm just like, you know, I had heard about what was happening at Bethel and, 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 and the miracles. And I thought, God, I want to see it here. And I remember I, uh, I locked myself in my apartment for three days. And I didn't eat anything. I was like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to fast. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to, ah, you know, whatever it takes, Lord, here I am. And, and I'm terrible at fasting. I just got to be real. I'm terrible at it. I just literally shut down and I fall asleep for like 18 hours a day because like I've got really sense blood sugar and I just like pass out and, and literally I'm miserable. I'm just laying there whining. I was whining, God, like please God, like you got to show up, come on. And this is like day one, you know, and like, you know, but I'm, I make it through three days and I felt nothing, no dreams Nothing unusual, not even a twinge on my big toe. Like, come on, Jesus, give me something. Give me, like, electrocute me here, God. Come on, plug me in. And I felt nothing. And, but I thought, something's got to be happening. Even when it looks like we're losing, we're winning. It looked on the outside, it looked like I was losing. I mean, like, I must have, maybe God just had pity on me like this poor guy <laughs> I don't know but I felt nothing I saw nothing no dreams after three days I broke that fast I went out to uh, get uh, breakfast with a friend right after I broke this fast and was just hanging out with this friend and I just thought after chatting with them I, I just thought God I've been fasting for three days you have to have been doing something in response to that. So I just thought, you know what, God, I'm going to just go on an adventure today. I'm going to give you the next two hours, and I'm just going to let you do whatever you want to do. I'm like, I fasted for three days, so let's, there, there must be something to this. So I just, I walked across the street, and we had this brand new library they had just built. I thought, I'm going to go visit the library. It's the first thing that came to mind. So I walk into the library, and I'm like, Lord, I will listen any way you want to speak. I'm like looking for anybody that looks like 
you know, they need Jesus, anything that's unusual. And I walk clear around the library, clear around that library, and I got nothing. nothing. And I don't hear anything. I feel like I'm fumbling around the dark. Anybody ever feel like you're fumbling around in the dark in your faith? And you just think, Lord, I don't know exactly what's going on here, but I know you're doing something. And so I just walk around the library, and I remember I walked around the whole building, and I, and I got nothing. And then right, so I was kind of making a full rotation. I, I came around this corner, and I almost bumped into this guy, and he had hearing aids in. I thought, there it is. That's the closest thing to the voice of God I've heard, so I'm going to ask him if I can pray for him. So I, I get this guy's attention. I say, can I, excuse me, I noticed you had hearing aids. Can I pray for you? And he says, he was shocked that I asked him, which, you know, is not unusual. But, um, you know, I began to pray for this guy, and it's a, it's a long story. I'm trying to condense this, but I, I, I prayed for his ears probably six or seven times, and I didn't see anything. I kept having him pull his hearing aids out, and I would check them, and he felt nothing. And I went, and, and then in between, we were having this conversation. I learned the guy's name. His name's Charles. And I'm just about to pray again for his ears. I'm like, come on, Jesus. I've been fasting for three days. Like, let's, it's time. <laughs> like, so I'm like, let's give it another whack. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, just a quick segue. It's from the book of Jeremiah. You guys have heard this. I'm going to paraphrase it. It's the same one where it talks about uh, the word of the God is like a fire shut up in my bones. Right after that, it says, the word of the Lord is like a hammer that shatters the rock. It's one of my favorite scriptures because I was, I was raised on kind of like a, it was kind of like a, uh, well, kind of like a wannabe farm. <laughs> we had goats in the back and we used to dig ditches and stuff. My dad was a real farmer and then he moved to the big town of La Grande, Oregon, which is 12,000 people. And, uh, <laughs> and we had an acre lot. We had goats. We used to have dig ditches and stuff. And I don't know if you've ever, like, dug a hole and ran into a rock. Anybody ever done that? And, it, and, and, and you're like, just that rock, those rocks can be really annoying when you're trying to dig a hole. And sometimes you got to break a rock. And, you know, when you swing at a rock with a hammer, a big hammer... It usually doesn't break. In fact, it usually looks like nothing's happening. That rock just, it just bounces off, and it, that rock's just mocking you. It's like, nope, not today. Not today, farmer man. <laughs> that rock is just mocking you. But you know, you got to keep swinging at it. And you know that when that rock cracks... Every swing of that hammer contributed to that rock, rock cracking. When you have that un and suddenly moment, this is what it's saying in, in the book of Jeremiah. The word of the Lord is like a hammer that shatters the rock. So, you know that, that phrase, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Christianity, you have to be a little insane to, to really go to do this. <laughs> By the world standards. And I, and I understand there is a, there's actually a wisdom there that we can, we can learn from. I mean, sometimes we need to change. We need to adapt. We need to change the way we think, like Patty was saying. We need to repent. 
So there's a, there's a paradox there. But there's certain things that are really clear in Scripture. And, you know, you just have to get a little insane because it looks like you're insane. I mean, John Wimber prayed for a thousand people before he saw someone healed. That probably looked a little insane, right? So that's what I'm talking about. And uh, anyhow, when you experience that rock breaking, it's an unsettling moment. But every swing of that hammer matters. So anyhow, I'm about to pray for Charles again, about the seventh time. And I felt the slightest twinge in my, was on my right side in the stomach. And I thought, I wonder if that's a word of knowledge. I've heard of words of knowledge. I wonder if that's what that, it was like a slight switch. And so I said, wait, wait a minute. I said, before I pray for your ears again, do you have any pain right here? And he was, he was mostly deaf. So I didn't, because he, did, he didn't respond. So I thought he didn't hear, from, hear me. So I said it louder. Do you have any pain right here in your stomach? And he still didn't respond. So I said, do you have any pain right here? And finally he said, how do you know this? How do you know I have pain right there? You're freaking me out. Have you been spying on me? I said, I think I just got a word of knowledge. My first word of knowledge. I think I just got a word of knowledge. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a word of knowledge. Jesus showed me that. Because he's going to heal you. And I prayed for him, and he was completely healed. He, that he felt something leave his stomach. He, he said he was in so much pain that some days he would crawl on his hands and knees. He said, I'm, I've refused to go to the doctor because I don't want any more medicine. I've got enough medicine already. I said, well, I don't blame you. So he was healed of that. His, he still got hearing aids, so go figure. I don't know like how that works. But the reason I'm sharing this story is because I want to share, and, and, and I could go on and on. This guy's name, his name's Charles. And I invited him to church. He came to church. He went into a trance the first time he was in church. Fell out in the spirit. You know how some people fall in the spirit and they'll kind of gracefully fall over? It looked like, I was actually leading worship. It was a, it was a, it was a prayer meeting. There was like 15 people there. And I look out and it looked like somebody shot him because he just collapsed. And his knees were all like kind of like, cro- it looked like he just fell, fell down. And I thought, oh my goodness, what's ha- what happened to him? And, and, then, and then he was down for about 15 minutes. And I, after worship, I came and sat next to him. And he says, how long was I on the ground for? That was really embarrassing. And then he told me, he's like, later on, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, when I was on the ground, I, I saw Jesus and he had this whole encounter with Jesus. Anyhow, that's, and it, this is Charles. But Charles, on that day, he was in his house. And he was painting. He's an artist. Can't read, by the way, so doesn't really go to the library a lot. Uh, He was in his house painting. And Jesus spoke to him audibly. He says he's had this happen a number of times in his life because he can't hear. But when Jesus will speak to him, he can hear it. Jesus spoke to him audibly. He said, go to the library. And this is what Charles said. Charles says, no, Jesus, I'm busy. You'd have to know him to kind of understand. He's kind of a weird guy. He's like, no, Jesus, I'm busy. I'm painting. And uh, 
Jesus speaks to him again audibly. He says, Charles, go to the library. I'm going to give you a friend today. And Charles said, there's no such thing as friends, Jesus. The th- Jesus spoke to him a third time and he said, it was as loud as thunder. He heard the voice of Jesus say, go to the library. And he doesn't remember what happened after that. The next thing he remembers, he was in his truck driving. He said, Jesus, push me. He doesn't pronounce all his words fully. Like, so he'll say, push, he pushed me. He pushed me. Because he's, he's mostly deaf. So the next thing he knows, he says, I guess I'm going to the library. I don't really have a choice. Again, I felt nothing. I had no revelation. I, had, I was seeing nothing. I was walking blindly. But I was walking by faith. There was a great, I, it's only by God's grace. I felt nothing. I would just, I, was, I thought it was about me. I'm like, and I would just want the power of God. But God was doing something when it looked like I was losing. I was winning. I, want, I got news for you. There's people in this room, it looks like you're losing, but you're winning. God is doing something in answer to your prayers. You've been crying out. Maybe you've been fasting. You're about to do a fast. God is responding. He's working, even if you don't see it. Even if it looks like the opposite's happening. He's winning, and that means you're winning. So he walked into the library, Charles. He went to the free section of books. He thought, maybe I'll find an art book or something. He's like, why am I here, Jesus? Like, what is this? Frustrated, mad at Jesus. So funny. Actually, Charles, one day I I asked him. This was probably a year later. I said, said, Charles, have you talked to Jesus lately? Which is like, I ask him this every time I talk to him. And he told me, he says, no, we're not talking. That's what he told me. He's got that kind of relationship with love. It's like, yeah, he made me upset. And we're not talking right now. I was like, like we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Anyhow, he's frustrated with Jesus. And I walk into the library, and he saw a glowing, like, halo over my head as I walked in. And Jesus spoke to him, and he said, that's the guy I want you to talk to. And he said, I don't talk to strangers, Jesus. I don't talk to strangers. Again, I just, I'm I'm sharing this to, to drive home a point. I felt nothing. I thought, gosh, I don't even feel like I've gotten, I got nothing. I'm just wandering around like a blind bat looking for somebody that looks like they need Jesus. And all the while, God was winning. He was doing something. And so, and he said, I'm not talking. So when I approached him and said, I want to pray for you, he was shocked. Because he knew that God had brought me to him. You know, um, I told Charles, I found out he was a shut-in. He had no friends. And after I had built trust with this man, he's still my friend to this day. I built trust with him. He told me, Levi, that day when I went to the library, he wasn't planning on doing it that day, but he had made a video for his family because he was planning his suicide. Because he was so 
just disillusioned with life. He said there was no such thing as a friend. And I, I told him for about a year that I loved him. And it would make him really uncomfortable. And after about a year telling him, hey, Charles, I love you. He broke. And he said, I love you back. And anyhow, that's Charles. He's my friend. But I'm sharing that with you today because even when it looks like you're losing, you're winning. And sometimes we don't get to see that, you know, but it's true. I don't care what it is. God wastes nothing. Some of you guys have felt like disillusioned. You've you've had prophetic words that didn't happen the way you thought they were going to happen. And it's left you in a place of pain and disillusionment. But I want to tell you that God wastes nothing. Those times that you've cried out to him, he wastes nothing. This time that you're about to have of 21 days of fasting, I believe that's one of the reasons I want to share this. is Because I want to impart faith today. That you can see Orange County saved. That you can see your neighborhood saved. That there's... There's Charles's out there that you don't know about. There's Apostle Paul's that they look like Saul's right now. But there's something so powerful when we're willing to be blind and we're willing just to walk by faith and not by sight. God responds to faith. He responds to faith. He cannot resist faith. And there's an impartation of faith right now. Just go ahead and stand with me. I just believe there's an impartation of faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's not impossible what you're facing. It's not impossible. We have a God who specializes In doing the impossible, nothing is impossible. Just say that. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Say, I'm winning. I'm winning. Now, just, just, just with me, take, take a second and meditate on that area of your life that it feels like you're losing in. Really hone in on it. Maybe there's a certain area you think, the enemy is just coming against you and saying, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're a loser. Focus in on that one. And I want, you to, I want you to, just like Elisha spoke to his servant and said, more are with you than are against you. I'm declaring that over you. And I want you to meditate on that. And I want you to remember 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and say, I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. I'm winning. Even if it looks like I'm losing. I'm winning. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. We're going to do a fire tunnel. <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to Jesse. All right, we're going to do this. I, when, I, when I found out Levi was coming, I just thought, oh, those are the best times to do fire tunnels. A lot of you guys are visiting. Some of you brought some friends or visiting. I don't know you. So if you don't know what a fire tunnel is, we, uh, for some of you, we'll just call it a nice prayer tunnel. That's a nice, calm prayer tunnel. 
call it a joy tone. Anyway, we're going to have, uh, can I get the, record the, um, the, uh, uh, the, the prayer team, come on up. If you're on staff, come on up. We, by the way, we had like 15 people at the pre-service prayer. That's bonkers. We've never had that many people. I'm so excited. God's doing something radical in this church. But so come on up. So if you're on staff, Adam, get up here. If you're, in the, if you're a worship leader, worship team, come on up too. We just got to fill this up. Get about two lines going though, so however that works out. Here's what you, here's what, uh, we're going to put some music on. Can you hear me still? Yeah. All right. We're going to get some music on, and it's going to be fire. So what we're going to do is you're going to start over here. The, what, what's, what are we doing here? Oh, what this is, is this is like you've been prayed for by one person before, right? Now you're going to be prayed for by 30, all right? Within about four seconds, all right? So we're going to start over here. And the, the, these trained professional Christians are just going to lay hands on you in an appropriate manner. Right? Backs. Um, it, you know, maybe not the head too much. You guys just trust people. If it's a woman, she may not want her hair messed up. But they're going to lay hands on you as you walk through it. Some of them, they might have a word. They might not. They might, just, they might just pray in tongues over you. If you get weirded out by tongues, just take a pass today. Just say, I'm doing it anyway. Um, and we're going to do that. I want to say, don't go through a second time or a third or fourth time until everybody's gone through once, all right? Otherwise, it just goes way too slow. Um, and lastly, if, if, you, um, uh, if you need, if you want prayer, like one-on-one -on -one prayer, I just ask you to just wait till the end. And, um, and we'd love to pray for you if you're willing to stick around. We will be here. I will be here till the light out. I'll pray for you. Um, also, go get the kids. If you have kids, go get your kids. We're going to bring them in. We're going to send them through the tunnel, and then they're going to lay hands on you also. All right? You guys ready? All right, Grace, let's go. All right. So stand up. Come on over here. You can hang out as long as you want afterwards. Um, this might take a while because these guys really want to pray for you. And by the time you get out of the fire tunnel, just try and see what might be the same anymore because you're going to be totally different. All right? Something's going to happen.